speaking of uh, not judging others and not also becoming their defense attorney, how about ourselves? How about me? I constantly judge myself. But Apostle Paul said he was not judging himself. I need to find that scripture. He said he didn't judge himself. I constantly judge myself. But then I come up with idea. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. It wasn't my fault. Da, 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 da. Then quickly I become a defense attorney for myself. Then another part of me will start fighting with the defense attorney. It's like both are in me. I don't know if it's my brain, if it's my mind, if it's my conscious that plays the role of judge and a defense attorney at the same time. It's like this inner struggle. I'm not putting myself down and I'm not saying, oh, this is horrible. It is what it is. I'm not just talking about the infection in me that I found this great infection and I'm a horrible person. No, we're just talking here to perhaps to see the truth. Truth is only Jesus Christ. He said, I am the truth, right? To see the truth that we may have more room to receive the truth as a person and allow the truth, not my own version of truth, the person of truth, to be the judge, to be the defense attorney, to be the advocate, to be the covering, to be the intercessor, to be our life, to be everything. Otherwise, I get piece of truth. I start judging myself and I get another piece of truth at the same time. And I start to defend myself. And it depends on a day and it depends on the case. Sometimes I leave the case with or the courtroom, inner courtroom, ended up judging myself and feeling such a shame. Sometimes I just come up with all these excuses and at least I get out of the jail, inner jail, just for a while. Wow. I don't need anybody to put me in jail or judge me or persecute me. I do a great job every day. Again, nothing against ourselves, but we're just talking here. To me, that realization of what's going on in us, it shows us how much we need Jesus. He's not just the head of Christianity, he's the creator. And how much we need the creator. You know, just say our cars, you go and someone 
first I had to invent the car and then someone had to build the car and then we go and we perhaps get loans or we have our money or we go buy a car. That's just the first step. The car is there, but the car needs constant, constant, constant maintenance. We were created. We did not create it ourselves. We were created. And the creation needs constant, constant, constant maintenance. Who's going to maintain me? Jesus or the Creator. Who's going to take care of me? Us. Jesus. I mean, Jesus is his American name. But what we mean is the Creator who became one of us, put the flesh and blood of human being on himself and walked among us, allowed us to mock him, judge him, some followed him, but then later on denied him. When the thing got tough, left him, then came back, felt sorry. Then he comes and said, build my church on you guys. And then Apostle Paul comes and we think we have problem in our churches. 2000 years ago, he was pulling his hair the way I see him, imagining him. Just a new church 2000 years ago, everything was fresh out of the oven, was pulling his hair and writing all those letters to all the churches. And at the same time, he was so vulnerable and open and said, the things I don't want to do, I do. The things I want to do, I don't do. But what I really love about the Apostle Paul is, every time he talked about anything, he turned it around and connected to Jesus, the Creator, the maintenance guy, the judge, the defense attorney, the person of truth. All that to say how much we need Him, how much we needed the Creator to create us, how much we need the Creator to maintain us, to watch over us. If I was the Creator of myself, then I could judge myself or become a lawyer for myself, but I'm not my own creator. I'm a creation and I need maintenance. And it's him, it's him. Then I could say, I love you, my Jesus. I love you. Not only I love you, allow me to understand as much as I love you, allow me to understand that I need you. Maybe from now on, you could say, I love you and I need you. I love you and I need you. It's not that I need you and I love you because I need you, I love you. No, the love for you came first in our heart. We love you and then we realize we need you. We need you, Jesus, we need you. America needs you, Middle East needs you, Africa needs you, China needs you, the black needs you, just the skin. The white skin needs you and any other color in between. 
we need you. The educated need you and the uneducated need you. The person that is busy doing good works, they need you. The people that they are busy doing so-called bad works, they need you. We could release this sound into the earth. We need God. We need you. We need you. We need you in our churches. We need you in our synagogues. We need you in our mosques. We need you in our temples. We are all, everybody, they are searching. But when they find you, as you are, we could all say, we need you. We need you, Lord God. We need you, our Creator. We have been judging or we have been becoming the defense attorney. At the same time, we need you. Oh, we love you. And oh, we need you. And oh, we love you. And oh, we need you. And oh, we love you. And oh, we need you. Oh, forever we could say that. Need you. Maybe that's why three things they remain. Hope, faith, and love. Love is amazing. We knew it's going to be in heaven. But why faith and why hope? To me, we will understand even in heaven, we need him. Even there. That's where I think hope comes in and faith comes in. Especially hope. We need you. We will need you forever. And when we come to heaven, we will not say, oh, now I don't need you. We will need you forever. We ever needed you. And we will ever need you. Oh, we feel so good to say, I need you. Our family, our marriage, our finances, our education system, our countries, our clan, our enemies, our friends and foes and everybody. Even my dog, I can see her head sticking out the window. She needs you. She lost her eye also, one of her eye. It wasn't funny when she lost it, but we need you. My brother got both his leg amputated in the last six months. But you talk to him, man, you see God all over his face. There is no pity in him because he loves you. And he knows now even more than ever how much he needs you. The wealthy needs you, the poor needs you, the healthy needs you, the sick needs you. The darkness needs you, the light even, all light. What we call light needs you. We need you, Creator. That's why every knee will bow down and worship you and acknowledge we need you. Always oh, so good to need you, Lord God. So good to need you. We are not self-sufficient. Even the so-called best of us, or even Mother Teresa of our time, which I love her, or Nelson Mandela or Gandhi or anybody that we look up to. We need you. We need you. Our presidents and kings, they need you. Our darkest neighborhood needs you. And the most amazing neighborhood, they need you. 
Every tree needs you. Every leaf needs you. Everything that was creator, created, needs you. I could go forever and say it, and you guys take it from there. And let's just say how much we need him. Meaning, we are not self-sufficient. The creator loves us, and he's going to take care of us forever and ever and ever. I love you, Lord, and I need you.